it's another episode of Wanderings and Wool Gathering. Here's Foggy. Welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode 26. The episode that follows 25 and precedes 27. I'm your host, Foggy. With me as always, JPP. <laughs> and his guitar. And T-Bags. T-Bags, too hot for TV. And back by popular demand, Metalhead Monday. Step inside into his mind. It's boy and time. It's Metalhead Monday. <laughs> I'd be shocked if anyone actually ever requested that. I, I requested it, and that should count for something. Yes. <laughs> you got the best theme song. We need you on just so we can play That's that song. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Bring him on. It's foggy. <laughs> so happy. Good evening, fellas. Good evening. Evening. Anything uh, noteworthy before we jump into the goodies this evening? I'm going to apologize in advance if I start hacking and wheezing. I was outside in the yard and the trees are pollinating hard. They're like, uh, it's time for that time of year. I'm pollinating. And my <laughs> nose is stuffy and my eyes are baggy and say no more. I don't think that's where you get pollen from, but okay. <laughs> that's the worst time of year for me, man. Uh, trees kill me. You got, I just, you got tree bagged. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, folks. Thank right. You. I wanted an excuse to use the button, so thank you. I got to use it twice. You're welcome. <laughs> One for – oh, never mind. <laughs> One oh, small right. step for trees. <laughs> well, then – I say we get right to it because we got a lot of stuff to do tonight. We do. Yes. And T-Bags um, issued the challenge last week. So mm -hmm. if you will give us a refresher, we'll get right into it. Yeah, I just wanted to go towards the video medium. So um, kind of loosely said something. I'm just going to call it vintage at this point, but something from our earlier days. Um, and then a video just at random, anyone that you want to pick to show off. And then one that happened in the last three years and that was it cool okay we'll uh we'll do round table and we'll go um childhood old days whatever you want to call that one and then we'll okay. go uh any and last three years we'll just go in order sound good sounds good yep perfect all right metalhead you're the guest hit us what do you have <clears throat> okay well um i got the challenge before i actually listened to the episode so I was a little confused on the first one about if it was actual childhood or uh -huh. youth. Like, so I kind of, I did one from like one of the early ones I can remember and then uh, like a teenage one. So if you guys want both, I can do both if you want either one. Sure. Give it to I us. like a cheater. Come on. <laughs> okay. So... The one from my youth, and I do, uh, Steve, you had said, and I think in our text thread, something about remembering when MTV started, and I'm a little bit younger than you, but I also remember that, and I watched it as much as I could, because I've always loved music, so. One of the early ones that made an impact on me was uh, Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart. <laughs> nice. That's a good one. That video is batshit crazy. <laughs> 
It is. Uh, um, it's uh, it is like a tour de force of WTF. Uh, it's from beginning to end. Like I, you, I have no idea what's going on. Uh, I'm very surprised at some point that there's not an actual kitchen sink dancing across the <laughs> the screen. Right. Um, I mean, it's you, you got her singing the song, and then like it's set in this boarding school or something. So you have like teenage schoolboys. There's you've got slow motion doves taking off. You've got what video uh, did back then? Yeah. Well, then you have the dancing ninjas, which are amazing. <laughs> uh, there's lots of shots of her with the, the wind blowing through her hair and there's weird lighting and there are fencers for some reason, people fencing. <laughs> and then you have the, the choir, which of course, uh, you know, you have the lyric turn around bright eyes for the choir. They all have to have glowing eyes. Yeah, right. So I, I don't, but you know, it's so bizarre. It just always stuck with me. And it's one of the first ones I really remember. Wow, yeah, that's such a great, great choice. Yeah. It's out of the. I'm going to, I'd like to throw you a quick serve. Yeah. Let me say that again. I would like right. to throw you a quick curveball on that there. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Uh, my brother-in-law turned me on to the literal interpretation of total eclipse of the heart where the lyrics kind of go along with all the stuff that's going on in that video. It's hilarious. Really? Right. Yeah. So I think there's a scene where somebody throws a book or something like that. And um, they actually say, I hated that book and throw it and that kind of stuff. And they talk oh, about the well, fence. Okay. I got you. I see what you're saying. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. It's very That's entertaining. Great. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes and definitely peruse that and let me know what you think of it. That's awesome. Well, real quick, my other one I went with from my youth was teenage one was uh, prison sex for tool. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, it's Adam Jones was, you know, he's got a, pretty heavy art background and uh, who for anyone who's listening, who doesn't know is the guitarist and tool. Uh Um, He directed it. It's all stop motion. And I think this was like their second big video behind sober. sober. Mm -hmm. Um, And sober is very cool. I almost picked that, but I like this one a little bit better. I feel like this one tells a little bit more of a story kind of sort of. Um. Uh, it really has to the to the extent that the characters in it are pretty compelling. I mean, um, you can kind of follow along sort of what's going on with which it doesn't really stick to the lyrics. I don't think too terribly close, but it just kind of lays down a, I don't know, an interesting visual story with cool music. Right. And and I'm a huge fan of stop motion animation. I, adore it it's one of my favorite things to look at so i i've just always loved that video and adam's got a particular aesthetic and style that he goes with and it really fits the sound of that album nicely between sober and that song too very yeah. much so and and steve mentioned like what video didn't have doves and it's kind of funny because a lot of videos <laughs> back then did kind of like just mimic each other probably yeah. for production's sake at the time but uh so to have something stand out like that was very cool too. I remember, I remember that almost being scared of that. Yeah. 
All right, JPP, what do you got? From my childhood, I'm going back to the first music video I had ever seen. And it was with my sister and my mom, who Metalhead knows, so he can understand the uh, kind of the quirkiness and the personalities that witnessed this with, with me. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Twisted Sisters, we're not going to take it. Nice. And the, every, if you haven't seen it, look it up. It's great. Um, my mom was just dying laughing at the dad and his misadventures <laughs> of trying to stop Twisted Sister from influencing his kid from wanting to rock. And Wasn't uh, that uh, Niedermeyer from Animal House? I believe yes. so, yes. 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 And uh, just, you know, Dee Snyder, she was almost on the floor, belly rolling, you know, belly laughing. And, um, you know, my sister loved the tune and, you know, that was kind of my first taste of rock music. And, um, you know, I was young and impressionable, but at the same time I had my own thing going on with He-Man and whatnot. So it was like, it kind of passed over my, my, uh, memory for a long time. But anytime I, I hear that song or see that video, I think of that moment very fondly. So that's uh, very sentimental in that regard. And we also watched Van Halen's Panama not too long after that and seeing Eddie kind of swinging around on cables and David Lee Roth and all that kind of stuff is, uh, you know, certainly I, what did Eddie do it? I can't remember. I know David did at least, but uh, um, I just remembered that, you know, it was just kind of a, you know, a lot of shenanigans, nonetheless. And I was like, this stuff is fun. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my uh, childhood memories of some music videos back in my day. First taste of, I don't even know if it was MTV because we didn't have any kind of form of syndicated television at all. Maybe it was like some video hits late at night on NBC or something. But, uh, yeah, yeah, nonetheless, we... Well, yeah, we didn't even have cable. We were out in the middle of you know nowhere, so it had to be something that we caught on antenna on some little video marathon yeah. on a TV show or something. So it was cool, though. It was fun stuff. Heck awesome. Yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> I distinctly right. remember um, – I don't – I think Eddie did, but I distinctly remember Michael Anthony flying through the air on Panama. With yeah. the, I believe he had the, uh, the Jack Daniels bottle-shaped bass. You're probably right. <laughs> I have to watch that, you know, when I put the link in the show notes for sure. Oh, yeah, we're going to have some great notes this week. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I will go before our challenge master. And my video from, gosh, probably middle school is uh, Peter Gabriel's Shock the Monkey. Mm. Great video. It was one of those ones that had a really cool concept. Um, really told a story, even though it was kind of an odd story at the time, um, kind of made sense with the modern man coming to grips with his, you know, more primal side, um, as mm -hmm. the video goes on. But I always loved that. It was always creepy and cool. And, um, I think that's really what kicked off Peter Gabriel, um, his resurgence in the eighties. I think it's that song. So I, I love still that. like that, that really song. Cool. I do too. I just listened to it again today. <laughs> a great song it really is it is and you yeah. know um you know not to take away from sledgehammer that's a fantastic video and mm. pretty much any production he did was incredible back then um uh -huh. but yeah that's certainly a, a good solid solid choice cool. all right tea bags all right well you'll be surprised but i didn't cheat because i got a heads up that monday was going to cheat so um <laughs> i just ruled out basically anything tool or nine inch nails because you know that that's going to fall in there somewhere. So, um, I'll put, you know, I'll put must see tool and nine Nails videos in the show notes. But so for my early childhood, um, I really try to go back and think about when did video really affect me. And, 
uh, it was Beat It by Michael Jackson. Nice. Because I was really into, yeah, no one will probably believe this, but I was really into dancing back then. Oh, and I, I wanted to be Michael Jackson. <laughs> and I watched that video over and over and over again and tried to get the whole thing down. It's funny how back then, you know, he was tough and uniting gangs and fight. You know, it was Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> totally believable. Yeah, absolutely. Like, who's going to unite the Crips and the Bloods? Oh, Michael Jackson. <laughs> so, um, but uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, it was a fantastic video <laughs> for yeah. the time. I watched it recently, and I don't know that it holds up. But You know what the sad part is, Tony? What's that? I heard eat it before I heard beat it. Really? Oh, that's hilarious. Oh. Yeah. Sweet. So my, my sister got me weird, I was, weird Owls in 3D on vinyl for Christmas one year. I still have it. And mm-hmm. so I was like, this is awesome. And then I stole her copy of Thriller. And I was like, oh, which one? You know, I looked at it and saw the <laughs> chronology. I'm like, oh, okay. So Weird Owls making fun of this and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think it was in second grade. So I, yeah. I was able to put two and two together and kind of learn what, what Weird Al was really up to. And uh, <laughs> I just thought he, thought he wrote funny songs. I didn't know he made parodies at the time. But, yeah, nonetheless. Um, so then once I saw the video for Beat It, I'm like, oh, okay. I see where he's, what he's driving at. Okay. <laughs> Not have a banana, have him for lunch or whatever. So <laughs> right. I have a whole bunch, however those words yeah. went. But, yeah, funny. But, Equal. no. It, it, it's awesome that you said that because like, you look at bad too it's kind of a similar uh-huh. premise in a lot of re- ways and it was yeah. almost like beat it revisited but you know it's more badass if, i guess in a way so yeah because um, i'm it, fat yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> you know it, it kind of turned into a george lucas moment where it's like you know what i think i can kick this up a notch and you know make this a little better <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep absolutely all right round two yeah we go back to metalhead for um last three years Okay. Um, no, no, no. I went this, with... is, this is random. I thought all time was the last one. Uh, okay. I don't think that's how you said. We'll go back and check, but hey, we'll start there. Okay, go ahead. Don't last listen to years. me. Just know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right. Let's so do last three years. From, from the last three years. Okay. Yep. So uh, I went with uh, Spit Out the Bone by Metallica. Mm, that's a good one. And Metallica did a really cool thing when they released uh, Hardwired. Um, they released songs for all 12 or i'm sorry videos for all 12 songs at once mm-hmm. they kind of did a rollout uh uh-huh. they did uh, they did one day and they kind of rolled one out like every couple of hours till they rolled out all 12 videos yep so that was pretty awesome and it's really uh, you know quite a change from you know back in the day they didn't make videos yep until one came along and that was you know on their what fourth album so yeah going from that to doing a video for every song was kind of cool but uh spit out the bone is probably my favorite video it's not necessarily my favorite song off the album it's my favorite video it is a kick-ass song but the video is so cool it's kind of uh again it's a little bit of everything it's uh the band is not in the video at all um, it's kind of this mix of live action, green screen stuff. It, it's uh, kind of a, it almost looks like a mix of hi-fi and lo-fi graphics. And uh, there's, uh, uh, again, tells a story. I like it when that happens, apparently. Um, and it, this one, it doesn't, it kind of follows along with what the lyrics are not exactly not literally but it's kind of 
the the song posits this world where technology has taken over and humanity is basically bowing down to technology and the video kind of reflects that and uh <clears throat> there's also uh, some really kick-ass fight scenes in this song. Like, the video's, I don't know, seven and a half minutes long, something like that, so they got time to screw around. But there's some really kick-ass fight scenes, some cool martial arts stuff, and just a cool story. Looks great, and it fits with the song. I love it. Hell yeah. I can align with that. For sure. I'm, I'm oddly not really familiar with it. I think I've seen it but once or twice, but I need to go back and watch it. Yeah, definitely. It's awesome. I, I love it. Yeah, and I didn't realize they did one for every song. That's really a cool idea. Yeah. Really clever. And and not to get back on a weird out kick, but when uh, <laughs> <laughs> he released his latest album, you know, not talking about not. not to you know because Metallica, you know, just kind of dispersed everything at, mm-hmm. at once and, and and sprinkled it out through the day. He did the same thing, but he went to different social portals to premiere. Uh, his new oh, videos yeah. too. He partnered yeah. with different um, you know companies to to commemorate these new releases and everything like that. So I think that's what I'm getting at basically is I think it's clever that these artists that have been around for a while are still trying to find fresh and invigorating ways to engage the audience and give them plenty of content to consume and you know still be engaged and interested and not feel like they're binge watching on you know one site or anything like that. Yeah, yeah I remember the Weird Al thing. That was really cool because it was like. Uh, this website hosted the release of this video and then this one hosted the release of this video. That was very cool. I like that idea a lot. Yeah. And, and, you know, kind of spreading the love around, you know, kind of driving traffic to these different sites that either he was working with or he appreciated in some form or another. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So may this be the last, nothing against Weird Al, but may I not have to interject with any more <laughs> moving forward. I'm, start- <laughs> I'm starting to think that your camera's dark because you have like a Weird Al face tattoo. Which you haven't told us about yet. <laughs> Why? What have see. you heard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right. Paul, JPP? my okay, turn. Wait, I'm, has Weird Al produced anything in the last three years? Mm, it's uh, not too long ago, I don't think, but it I'll wasn't on my radar. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Oh, okay. Just <laughs> <laughs> what do you have? Well, um, Monday's familiar with this as well. I'm, I was actually kind of curious if this was going to overlap, but it didn't. Um, it's a group called Alien Weaponry, and their single Kai Tengata. Uh, yes. The official video is badass. It uh, is amazing. It is really good. It was kind of a nice, fresh take on metal. Uh, basically, the summary of it, it says, in 1820, the Great Northern War Chief Hongi Heike departed New Zealand for England. On his return, he brought with him the word of God and hundreds of muskets. Things would never be the same again. And, you know, chaos ensues in this video. It has a lot of uh, uh, basically um, native elements to it. There's um, great cinematography, great riffs. The band is wicked. Um, I'm just going to say, once you see the show notes, watch it for yourself. And, you know, let me know what you think, because I think it's, you know, definitely a nice, fantastic, uh, chaotic story and a great tune across the board. What was the name of the tune? What I love. It's uh, Kai Tengata, K-A-I-T-E-N, or T-A-N, sorry, G-A-T-A. Okay. It's a, yeah, what I love about that is uh, this band, I mean, they look like white kids from New Zealand, but you know, New Zealand has a very rich native 
right. uh, culture with the Maoris. And that's what this video is basically these Maori tribes fighting. And uh, man, it's awesome. You know, they do the haka dances, the war dances and stuff. There's a lot of that in it. And it's just insane. And the lyrics are, I believe they're all in the Maori language. And it's, it, it's really cool video. Very cool. <clears throat> Yeah, it's definitely very uh, uh, fresh. There's another video that came out too. Um, I'll have to find a link to it, but it, it uses, I think it's from Tibet. It's Tibetan metal and they're using actual Tibetan instruments and it's heavy as hell, but uh, they're using like the Tuvan throat vocal technique as well. So blends nicely in the metal genre. Um, but um, I believe that band is called Who, H-U. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I, I saw it uh, a little while back and put it on my save to watch again and yeah. been busy since, but that's certainly one I definitely need to revisit and kind of study further because I was really impressed at the initial impression. All right. Oh, oh it's it me. Out. Shoot. <laughs> I was going to kick it on over. Fog bags. <laughs> Fog bags is up. <laughs> um, never mind. Okay. So <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> I can't even collect myself now. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the video I chose in the past few years is Rats by Ghost. Um, yeah. It just, nice. I watched it again today. It just cracks me up. <laughs> he's he's you know, dressed as this demonic cardinal or whatever, and he's doing like ballet moves. And it, I mean, the whole thing is theatrics at its best. And this thing just epitomizes it. And like the other parts of the video, you see the, the band members alone, like playing their instruments or whatever. It kind of throws it back to some of those old videos. And then he's outside and uh, he's doing all these sweet moves. <laughs> such a great song and such a great video. <laughs> The, I have not the, seen that one. The final riff on that song is the payout. I love that breakdown. It has like the little harpsichord vibe, and then it just kicks into a heavy riff. And, and man, it's the money. I don't know about you, but I think it, it may be the current iteration of uh, Papa Emeritus, but does he resemble Charlie Benante to anyone? As Cardinal Pocopia, you mean? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, I can kind of see that a little. Yeah, bit. I didn't know what what he was going by these days. I, I he had like Papa One, Papa Two, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I saw like the mask. And I was like, is that Charlie? No, wait, that's Ghost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the Papas are uh, they're dead and they're laying in repose for people to go see. Ah, <laughs> nice. Shows. Yeah, it's great. They're on display. So now, yeah, the Cardinal has taken over. So the Papas are rolling stones. Got it. The Cardinal will die in an album or two, so. <laughs> so or he will become the new Papa. We'll see. Yeah, I love Ghost. I just, you know, people, they get so much hate and stuff, but, man, I love them. They don't take themselves too seriously, and they're so talented. It's crazy. Bottom line, they're a good time, and that's what you know going to a metal show is about, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, bags, bring it home. All right, uh, bags, bags. <laughs> I went with we're the last three years, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I went with um, Disillusioned by Perfect Circle. Um, it's kind of. I cheating. really love the song. Anyway, what's that? It's kind of cheating. I don't know. It's very, very not it's tool. Kinda. Wait till my next challenge. There are going to be stipulations. Okay. 
He's just, he's just scraping the burlap on this one. Yeah. And the cat hair. Okay. Scraping the burlap. Continue, um, sorry. No, no, you're fine. The, uh, I just love the song, though, because it is, and I'm an electronics guy myself, obviously, but, like, good lord, you know, put the phones down every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And um, instead of just, like, literally just showing, like, people on the street with their heads buried, it's got a kind of a storyline, almost like being trapped and um, captured. But you're almost like a willing prisoner inside this thing. And, you know, people break away and get outside. And it changes from black and white to color. And it's it's just shot pretty beautifully. And it's, it's a good song. It's not over the top too literal, but it definitely follows along with the narrative. I love it. I love that whole record. It got kind of crapped on by a lot of people. But I thought it was, message-wise, I thought it was really solid. Yeah, I listen to it a lot still. I like it too. It's one I need to revisit. I mean, you sent me the link for it, and I watched it. I was like, this is awesome, and then got busy and forgot about it. So thanks for the reminder. Yeah, no problem. I'm okay. not familiar with We're that video at all. I've <laughs> never seen the video. I've listened to the album a bunch, but I just don't. I'm not by my screen when I listen most of the time, so I don't see a lot of videos. So yeah. this will be kind of fun for me to go out and check some of these out that I didn't know about. Weird Al, please make a parody. All right, that's enough. <laughs> 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 All right, it's uh, Muddlehead Monday with his all-time favorite Weird Al song. Go, go. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have, uh, <clears throat> I didn't do like a, an all-time favorite because that's I don't know. I feel like that's kind of impossible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't uh, really. There's... Just so you know, I didn't intend it to be like an all-time favorite. I it to be like, yeah. Well, I went more like, I went more with like one that I find myself uh, gravitating to quite a bit, yeah. and. This one actually could have gone for the last three years, one part two, because uh, it came out I, about a year ago, I think. And it's a, it's a British band called Skindred. And they, they put out this song, this video called That's My Jam. Uh-huh. And man, I love it so much. It's cheesy. It's okay. funny. It's catchy. It, it's just great. They're they're kind of uh, they mix metal and I think they call it like raga, the like kind of you know Jamaican inspired stuff. The the front man is a uh, I think he's from Jamaica or something like that. But um, they kind of mix those sounds a lot and uh, it's really cool. And that's my jam. It's hilarious. It's <laughs> I. I I don't even want to describe it very much because I want you to see it and I don't mm-hmm. want to spoil anything, but it's, it is amazing. And it's just, it's a great song. The video is super watchable. It's fun. And it just mm-hmm. makes me happy. I love it. Great. All right. You got yeah, to check it out. Hmm. Hmm. What? Me? Yeah. Yeah. You're oh. up. <laughs> my, yeah. You're up, JPP. Yeah. So that was tough for me too. I've actually got runners up on that do you want to wait till afterwards to talk runners up or you want to just blast through them blast through all right cool uh so my one of my favorite videos that kind of struck and when i came came to mind during this uh challenge was a song called butterfly caught by massive attack uh it's a nice dark tune but it's a real cool video too they show um you know it's kind of like a 
real dark footage and um, one of the guys singing in a real monotone voice. But the cool thing is as he's sitting there, you can see kind of like ink and face paint start to just morph onto his skin. Like he's starting to turn into his skin is becoming patterns of like what you would see on an insect and things. And um, you'll just have to watch it, but it's, it's a great, great song. It's just real minimalist in a lot of ways, but it just kind of strikes a, a chord uh, you know, as far as mood goes. So that was my uh, first one runner up. Um, I love this video. It's just really long. It's window liquor by Aphex twin. If you've never mm-hmm. seen it, let me just say, be prepared to be kind of creeped out because that's uh, what yes. Richard D James does. It's nothing like seeing yeah. him turn around with the bikini, you know, like a, a lady in a bikini and he's got his mangled face on it and stuff. <laughs> but uh, man, what, a, what a great song and, and uh, a funny, funny video. Um, also too, it was hard to, pick but i love anything that michelle gondre has done for music videos particularly with collaborating with bjork um his cinematic style is great in that he didn't use any cgi he always uses cameras and just you know pulling people out of shots and you know just kind of old tricks and things that are going on behind the lens that you don't see to pull off effects um eternal sunshine of the spotless mind is prime example of his work um Uh it does really well with uh music videos last runner up is true survivor by Mitch Murder and David Hasselhoff. It's from the Kung Fury soundtrack. It's got David Hasselhoff singing in his typical, you know, German fanfare fashion, why, why they love him with a Lamborghini behind him and footage from the film. There's lots of 80s flair. It's an actual crowdfunded independent film that's cheesy as hell, but super fun. So I highly recommend that too. And that's my list. Excellent. List. I love window yeah. liquor. I've never seen that video though. Now I gotta check oh, it out. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I will say, uh, don't watch it at school. There's a lot of F bombs <laughs> at the beginning, but, uh, you know, definitely when everyone's in bed, you can put some headphones on and just kind of immerse yourself into it. There's a lot of F bombs in my office every day. What are you talking about? <laughs> right nice. As the children are yeah. telling me off. So, <laughs> and you get a suspension and you get a suspension. I'm Oprah of Assistant Principals. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Okay. So my choice was Smashing Pumpkins Tonight Tonight. I love that old turn of the century silent film style that they adopted. I think Billy's so quirky Mm -hmm. um, and he's such such an odd dude. I think it worked perfectly. Um, It was really cool at the time. And uh, it did star Tom Kenny and Jill Talley from SpongeBob fame. Yes. Which uh, is kind of a fun little side note to that. But um, <laughs> I love that, that song and I uh, thought the video was really cool for it. I'm surprised yeah. you didn't pick uh, Billy Corgan on a roller coaster. Wee! <laughs> Wee! <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I love that video too. Yeah. Um,. Well, I guess it's my turn already. Yep. Bringing us uh, home. <laughs> I will, yeah, I will end it all here with um, a video called How Long by How to Destroy Angels, which is not cheating. I know Trent Reznor's <laughs> in it, but um, this twice. video, honestly, you could have any... <laughs> if any band did this video, I would still... This is one of my go-to videos when people are like, well, they start talking about people never make music videos anymore with a story or anything. And this is my one. I always send this link out and... If you guys haven't seen it, I'm not even going to talk about it because there is a story to it, but it, it, it makes you think a little bit about why things happen. That's all I'll say. So, have, have, have you guys seen that at all? Been a long time ago, but so. yes. Okay. I don't think I have. I have not seen the video. Okay. Well, 
You guys I will. have homework. What? <laughs> you do do first. You got to put it in show notes. Mm. True. True, true, true. Yeah, All right, I, that was uh, – oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I do remember that one. They had another video too. I was going to – at first, I was thinking of the, the first video I saw. There. I think it was the first one they released. I thought, is that the one you could say don't speak would turn into a nice uh, <laughs> reinterpretation of if it was darker? Oh, no. <laughs> maybe, well, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that first one, I was just like, well, that, that escalated quickly. Yes. <laughs> All right. So that was a great challenge. Good job, tea bags. Thank you. Who's and, challenging uh, It's JPPs. Yes. <clears throat> so this one is going to be kind of one that you have to make rack your brain a little bit. But I thought about this today. I was actually talking with my daughter, and it, what it was is she was talking to me about music that she enjoys. Uh, you know, as far as like, um, you know, some of her kids type music and Uh she wants to hear it again and again and again and she asked me if i had songs that i like to hear again and again and again i'm like yeah i have a couple so that's like hey that's a good question for the guys can you pick three songs at least that uh you listened to and said you know what i need to listen to that again right now so pick uh you know maybe it was the first time you heard it maybe it's you know you haven't heard it in a while and you listen to it and you got to listen to it again but nonetheless any any repeat plays that pop up into your head. I want three of those from you. Great. Okay. Gotcha. And are you saying again and again, because like you loved it or you didn't catch something I need to go back to it? Um, for me, initially it was, I love that song. I need to hear it again. You know, as a result, sometimes I'll catch something I didn't hear the first time, but uh, you know, nonetheless it's, it had that kind of impact on you. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I would think think that's better route. Yeah. I can think of at least a one right away. Yeah, same. The theme from Barney. Got it. <laughs> Damn it. Now I scratch that off. <laughs> you only have to listen to that once, and then you can hear it forever and ever and ever. <laughs> like yeah, it or not. That's yeah. unintentional. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right, folks. What a great week of challenge. And now we are moving on to our review. Album review. Woo. Last week... <laughs> We reviewed Tools Lateralis in anticipation of the new release coming in June. We are all crossing our fingers. And because it's one of Tony's tea bags, most important pieces of art in his life, we did it for that as well. This week, we're reviewing Slipknot's Iowa, again for two reasons. Number one, they've got a new release coming out this August. And number two, I find it to be one of the finest albums ever recorded. That's objective for sure. But it most certainly is one of the most important albums to come out in the 2000s. Uh, in 1999, Slipknot debuted with a self-titled album that sort of kindled the fire to the juggernaut we know today, and it climbed all the way to 51 on the American music charts. After that, there was immense pressure on the band. They needed to eclipse that mark. They needed to come up with some radio-friendly music and become music superstars for the record company. So what did they do? They wrote the biggest FU to the record industry ever. It begins with death, literally the repeating of the word death, as Sid and agonizes over his inability to reach his grandfather before his death. It moves through getting even with bullies, not selling out, dealing with living on the street, saying goodbye to old lives, and finally recreating victims in the killer's own image. In all intents and purposes, this was the opposite of what was expected and exactly what the fans wanted. Iowa climbed to number three on the U.S. charts, number one in the U.K. and Canada. 
If good things come through perseverance, <clears throat> Iowa is a prime example. Producer Ross Robinson broke his back during recording. The band hated each other. Joey's hands bled by the end of every session. Corey cut himself while performing, and on and on. And yet through all that, and shortening their tour when tragedy struck on 9-11, Slipknot prevailed and created maggots all over the world, yours truly included. So this week, we review Iowa. <laughs> and we will take three highlights or lowlights, whatever you like lights, um, over the record. We'll do roundtable style again. Who would like to start? Let's give it to the uh, guest. Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't know we were doing three, so I got to do some quick edits here and decide what I want to go with. <laughs> um, I'll say first, I'll just say, give my little testimonial here. Uh, I am a fairly recent convert to the uh, Slipknot way of life. Um, I When they first came out, I don't, I really don't know what it was. I just kind of dismissed them and didn't get into them. And I don't know. I, I really, I have no good reason for that. It just, I, I feel like I just saw them and I'm like, mm, they look kind of stupid. Oh, I'm good. But, uh, <laughs> uh, in recent years, I have come to really appreciate them and, you know, kind of dug in quite a bit. And I've, I just, I told Steve the other day, I've got like three of my favorites from them. So, uh, from not really being on my radar to having favorites, that's, that's pretty good. So, um, so on this album, I, before I say anything, I just have to say that what you said about Corey cutting himself during performing, it makes a lot of sense because man, Corey Taylor absolutely slays on this album. It, it, he is ridiculous. It's so good. And I mean, it's, it, it is every song to some degree or other. I mean, he, you feel like he just channels every ounce of pain and anguish he's ever had in his life and just opens his wrists and lets it out into the microphone and uh -huh. it, it, it is impressive top to bottom uh, Corey taylor is very impressive on this album um so having said that i will go uh i guess i'll pick three that my three favorites i guess kind of do whatever you um, want <laughs> Yeah, the the first one I'll say, uh, "Disaster Piece." I love that song; is absolutely amazing. Um, it's kind of you know a little noisy for a few seconds at the beginning, and then that opening riff is just stellar. Very good stuff. Um, a lot of good grooves throughout. Um, they do they they have fairly decent um, tempo changes part changes, uh, riff changes, whatever you want to call it throughout this whole thing. Um, but I, I really like Disaster Piece. Um, I got a little chuckle towards the end because I feel like uh, it made me think of uh, Kevin Smith co-wrote this song. <laughs> so, I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was pretty funny. But I really like Disaster Piece. That's a good one. Excellent. I tell you, I wrote some uh, lyrics down as one of mine from Disaster Piece. So, we're on the nice. same wavelength. <laughs> JPP, what do you have? Well, I, I kind of just went in through and, and did a kind of overall con 
I guess, impression of the album and just some standout tunes. So what I'll do is I'll just kind of sprinkle some thoughts along the way. First off, when I heard this album back when it came out, I was in a different place. I was getting ready to go to Ball State, heading into study classical guitar and music technology. And um, after working the record stores and kind of getting hit in the head with metalheads wanting corn, tool, and and things like that uh, a lot, um, you know, I enjoyed that music too, but I started to get a little tired and was looking for some fresher sounds. And um, so again, Slipknot, just like Metalhead had said, was kind of off my radar. And I did hear some of this album with uh, a colleague of mine at, at a guitar store, and we have uh, a gentleman that he is saxophone instructor. He was part of the Kokomo Park Band and just great guy. He comes off a little gruff, but I love him to death. He's still a friend to this day. But I remember <laughs> my buddy asking him, what, how do you feel about heavy music? Do you listen to heavy metal at all? And his answer was, I'll never listen to music where the drummer carries the melody. And uh, I got to say that Slipknot would be one of such band where the drummer carried the melody because it's a lot of riffs and there's no leads and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I think of that every once in a while and get a good chuckle. <laughs> That's good. So, yeah, it was, it was great. So I, I would say that, um, you know, my one of my standout tunes would be People Equals Shit. Um, I thought that, you know, definitely uh, the cadence in that really belted out and, and Corey did a fantastic job delivering. Uh, I, you know, I heard the first album too, and I felt like the first album was really loose. Um, and this one is a lot tighter. And this is one of the first tracks that really kind of showed that, okay, it's time for a game. Not only are we going to give an F you to the industry, you know, and I didn't know that until we had this discussion uh, last week, but uh, <clears throat> excuse me, they also said, well, let's kick it up a notch and prove what we're really made of. And that was a, a good first uh, toe in that water for me. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, I love that song too, by the way. <laughs> I do too. Uh, I think that would probably make my top three, but um, we kind of talked about it last week too. And I, and Paul just talked about it. So I'm going <clears> to <throat> keep that off my, off my top three, but, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm with the guys too. Like I never, <clears throat> was into Slipknot, and I didn't really have a reason. It never really was. But um, this album, after reading about it, and, and it has a story about the recording, it has a an FU to the industry as a whole. And a, But more importantly, I feel like they just said, you know, let's just capture how we're feeling at the moment from what I read in the interviews and stuff and from what I'm hearing in the, in the music. And it kind of goes back to all the different genres we talk about with if they're just speaking the truth, there's something compelling about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, this was aggressive <laughs> from, from beginning till I think the song gently. And that's where that's not necessarily my favorite song, but it was where I got a break a little bit in a way that it almost seemed scarier because it was darker and whispery at times. And it finally, and it built up. It didn't just come slamming in at you. Um, but I really loved it. And that was a song that I gave this album several listens. I've listened to it in pieces before cause Steve has sent me some, um, but this time I kind of tried to go back to the old days and like if I had it in the CD player or a tape in or a tape in a tape deck, just listen to it straight through. So um, gently was where I kept landing at first. Um, I don't know. It's, and lyrically, the whole album is good. But that song sonically was one that gave me a break, but not not in a way that felt cheesy. It felt like needed and just as dark as anything else, just a different style. And then it ramped back up. Definitely. Agreed. That's cool. 
yeah, that definitely is the breaking point for sure. And then it has a, a little, little more diversity in the music. I think that we'll see a lot later in all the other albums where the diversity really does break out. It's like they had to get this out of their system and then, you know, they kind of move on and, and diversify a bit, which yeah. a lot of, it's interesting because a lot of maggots out there don't want them to diversify. And they're right. so excited because he has said that the new album will be Iowa levels of heavy. Um, I don't know that they can do that. I don't know how you achieve the anger that came out in this album authentically, yeah. um, especially after achieving some success. Some of that goes away. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll go to my, my, the one I was going to talk about second because it kind of talks about all that homelessness with Corey. Uh-huh. How would you ever recreate that? I mean, <clears throat> He was close to that at the time. So in the songs right. Left Behind and Skin Ticket, there's a bit of uh, that homelessness. Um, I love the line in Left Behind. I've, I've known faces that have disappeared in time, speaking about the people that lived under the bridge with him when he was homeless there uh-huh. uh, in Iowa. And, um, and then Skin Ticket, the way he sings in that, it was supposed to be reminiscent of the babblers under the bridge who would sort of babble incoherently that he lived with. And of course, one of my favorite songs on the record is Skin Ticket. Um, I love the cage built in his grain, living in Iowa, being stuck in Iowa, going nowhere. Um, Mm -hmm. And that song is just, and you feel the pain by the end. It builds up and it's kind of all over the place. Uh, So my favorite song is definitely Skin Ticket off that. And uh, I love the whole uh, embracing the homeless, getting that out, you know in an angry yeah. sort of way. It's so cathartic. It's so, it's so weird that it's such an angry album, but it's so cathartic at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed uh, Skin Ticket as well. Um, that that song is, uh, like, I wrote down, it's like I, I dig the, the journey of that song because it definitely, it, you know, it rises and falls. There's a lot of different parts to it, a lot of musical changes, uh, you know, uh-huh. his vocal changes. It's really dynamic and moody. They do a good job as a band. They do a great job of uh, uh, creating like uh, atmospheric feelings in that movie. It's it's pretty good or movie song. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'd like to see that movie. Yeah, really. I, I don't want to the, see the movie Iowa though. <laughs> that was a song too. Just to jump in since you're talking about it, that um, I'm a lyrics guy, so after I went back and listened to it and read lyrics as I was going along, opening up with zero and zero is nothing but zero. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds like a simple line, but like it really the sets the and people the conspire together. Yeah. 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 It was really, really strong lyrics. So mm-hmm. loved it. All right, metalhead round two. Okay. I guess I'll go for my three. I'll go in chronological order here. And I really liked uh, my plague. Um, Mm-hmm. it's uh the guitar on that is just slamming <laughs> it's just it's really great um and i i think i i have mentioned i'm pretty sure i've mentioned to foggy before that one of one of the things i never really cared for with slipknot before i started appreciating them was that there are nine of them and <laughs> i don't know that they're all absolutely necessary uh so but this song um i feel like they kind of this song they actually it it feels like they're all doing their part and it it works for the song and uh it just 
it sounds great and i don't you know all the the extra percussion the dj the this the that the whatever like it, it works in this song and, but uh-huh. but for me one of the few times where they actually all matter <laughs> <laughs> come on you have to have two guys play keg barrels in every right. band right and one guy yeah. sample and one guy dj so there's yeah, four there extra members go. right there yeah yeah but it's it makes like, for a great live performance. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like it's that running man. <laughs> it's right. It's like the, that run, running man in uh, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. That's all he did was like run. <laughs> <laughs> well, in their defense, Clown, who is one of the percussionists who hits barrels basically up on the stage, is also sort of the visionary of the band. So yeah. his, you know, the part he plays goes way beyond just the music. Yeah, that's true. I know he's directed several or if not mm-hmm. most of their videos and all of that. So I, yep. I, I know they all have their place, but musically, it's just I, sometimes they don't. <laughs> I feel like it, it muddies <laughs> the water a little bit. I get I get you. <laughs> JPP. Yeah. I also. Sorry, two seconds. There. Let me get to the mic. There we go. I also liked My Plague as well. Um I watched the video for it and I saw it looked like it was from Resident Evil or something of that nature. There was uh, Mila Jovovich was kind of floating around in the footage as well. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, I thought the lyrics were cool too. Um, the, I don't mind being old ridicule, maybe made uh-huh. to feel minuscule and all that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, you know, that kind of hit home from back in the day. You know, you certainly were trying to kind of find your place in the world and then you have people that, are also doing the same thing. So what do they do? They put their thumb on you and they squash you so that way they can feel better about themselves. And, uh-huh. um, you know, that's probably also a good metaphor to the way the record executives were trying to say, Hey, we need to shape you into a nice product that, you know, we can bring people in to really enjoy you and fit a demographic mold and all that fun stuff. And, you know, that's where the guy who does the radio Disney remix of Slipknot comes into play. Okay. Uh, get your effing hands in the effing air, but uh, yeah. you know, uh, just solid, solid tune. And, you know, metalhead drove it home as well. You know, when you start getting that many people in a band, I'm guilty of it as well. I had a reggae lounge band where we had uh, 15 people at one point, um, extra percussion and stuff. I mean, but we were all brothers and we all switched around and played instruments and we played on our strengths. So Slipknot does the same thing, you know, where they may do something a little more basic in the music aspect of it. They may have something going on behind the scenes that really kind of fits that you know, vision, like you said, too. So, um, you know, everybody's a team and, and I can, I can appreciate that from, from that experience. I will say though, when you have that many people and not that many vehicles, it gets a little crowded with all the gear and personnel stuffed in there. Who's going to lay on top of the base on the way home? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure that's a concern now. <laughs> yeah, indeed. It might've been in the early days. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Tea bags. Uh, yeah, my plague actually made the list too. So, and and for a different, well, not necessarily a different reason. For all those reasons, and then some. But, um, that that part you were talking about, Paul, where he says, "I don't mind being ogled, ridiculed, made to feel minuscule." Mm-hmm. I liked the cadence of that. I don't know if that was considered a pre-course. Yeah, or whatever, his, but, his flow yeah. on that part was really great. Yeah, and that that really got me. Um, and then the lyrics. I mean, I think, you know, my plague when I first just like read the title. I was thinking that as something externally pushing down on him, which they do kind of talk about in there. But I think it's an actual reaction thing. I think that he has something in himself that he can inflict on other people, mm-hmm. you know, because he talks about how, you know, he'd reach in and take a bite out of that shit you call a heart. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, there is a, a fair warning there that I think he 
has a plague that he can unleash as well. And that's yeah. why I liked that kind of double play on that. And uh, just a solid song all the way through. I really mm-hmm. like that one. Right yeah. on. Agreed. I just love how it slams into people equal shit, disaster piece. My play. I mean, it's just like boom, 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 and yeah. until it hits gently. I mean, it really. And where like, is Weird Al? I mean, there's so many songs here to cover. <laughs> <laughs> and it's already ready made with masks. I mean, it would be so simple. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I'm waiting for it. people equal spit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. I'm just going to follow up a little bit here on um, disaster piece with some lyrics. Okay. Um, I, I love, you know, how you, you like the cadence of that. I like the, <clears throat> just the way this sounds. I am infinite. I am the infant finite, you know, the play on words across the yeah. line. I love the way he does that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love, you know, coming from a school atmosphere. I love it when he says, I'll tell you what you're looking at everyone you ever fucking laughed at you know like he's getting <laughs> yeah. back at the bully um yeah. and then he gets there and he said hate isn't enough to describe me screams somewhere between screaming and crying like mm-hmm. that, he's that emotional about it and i feel like the emotion just pours out of this album i do too uh and it then really one does, more yeah. um <clears throat> oh sorry one more the lyric thing i really dug was uh in heretic anthem which mm-hmm. obviously it's, you know, it starts off with the countdown, which I love eight, seven, six, 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 yes. <laughs> you know, that that's pretty clever, but I, it's not really a, a religious devil thing. It plays on it, but it's really just about how much different they are there. And uh, everybody's so infatuated. Everybody's so completely sure of what we are. Everybody mm-hmm. defamates from miles away, but face to face, they haven't got a thing to say. It seems like the internet, <laughs> nowadays you know it wasn't that quite as big back then but it's like social media to your face don't say anything but man they're ready to slam you wherever they can yeah. away from you mm-hmm. so i really took those two pieces uh, all right metal uh i my next one was i had to go with the heretic heretic anthem as well um i think calling it an anthem is very accurate uh i really feel <clears throat> I mean, it's almost like a call to arms for anyone who ever felt different or disenfranchised or other. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. It's uh, and I, it's definitely one of my favorite songs in the album. But you know that we've touched on it, or you guys have touched on it before. But, you know, if you're five five five, then I'm six six six, and it, it really doesn't have anything to do. I don't with religion. It's that people hear that and that's automatically what they go to, but it really is just, you know, well, if you're that, then I'm this over here. I'm not like you. And, Uh and I'm, I'm happy to not be like you and I don't want to be like you. And uh, we're, we're fine over here. So, and you know, there's, I I think it it really is. I, I call to arms is the best way I can describe it. That's really what it feels like. It's, you know, everybody who's, different or other or not normal or whatever you want to call it come over here and and hang out over here yeah yeah man for sure um i I was going to kind of touch base on heretic anthem as well but you everybody's driven points on that pretty universally to what i was going to say but great tune um you know great build up and um excellent delivery so let's talk about Corey's emotion and, you know, him kind of pouring out through this album 
And we got to say that Ross Robinson was probably a big part of that. Um, when he worked yes. with Corn, yes. uh, especially on their first two albums, uh, you know, Jonathan Davis was sobbing, you know, in some of the takes. Yeah. And, you know, Ross is That's really. That's how they ended the first album. Uh, if you remember, I don't remember what the song was. It was mm-hmm. it Daddy, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. And, and he ended. That's how they ended their album with him in screaming those lyrics out and just bawling his eyes yeah, just out. screaming why yeah yeah, yeah. crazy yeah i've got kind of chills just thinking about that i remember watching that on the video too it was just like man that's real intense and um <clears throat> so ross it was very unconventional he still is but you know at that time especially he became kind of sought after for his you know non-traditional approach to to doing things and sepultura picked him up for roots which is a great album too and that's yeah. a con- that's a conversation for another century because that'll take a long time for me. But, uh, you know, nonetheless, I mean, Ross did a really good job of just really, he milks everybody uh, for, you know, their heart and, you know, get to the core of what they're feeling to get the best possible expression uh, on the, on tape or whatever medium they're recording on. And um, that's what, after kind of, getting the info on this album that's what kind of drove it home for me and turned me around you know again at the time i was looking for a different sound and so it got pushed to the wayside but you know now that i've had years of experience and i can go back and revisit some things it's like all right i have a fresh perspective i remember that time and what you know certain people were doing with that time and i've come to appreciate it that much more so i'm thankful that we were able to have that conversation to open my eyes back up to this and um it will certainly rest in my collection with a, a different sense of appreciation than, than before. Um, you know, it wasn't something I streamed or listened to, but it will definitely be in my library going forward. And then, you know, you look at the last track, Iowa and how long it is and, and just how kind of crazy it is that had to be Ross just saying, you know, just let loose, get that out. And, and, yeah. you know, you can hear just all of that emotion kind of playing itself through the entire piece. So that's where I'm at with it. Uh, I would touch on the, I wrote, actually wrote down Ross Robinson at the bottom of my notes because I wanted to say something about him and this, his production on this album. I feel like um, maybe subconsciously at the time when this, when they came out, I felt like uh, Ross definitely has a bit of a, a sound in air quotes, mm-hmm. if you will. And at the time this came out, I really wasn't looking for that sound because I had already been through Corn and then Sepultura used him on Roots and then, you know, Deftones came along and that I don't know that Ross produced them. I don't remember if he did their first album, but they definitely had that kind of vibe and, mm-hmm. you know, they call it new metal or whatever. I hate that term. It's dumb because... Mm-hmm. Those bands are all lumped in together, but they're all different. I mean, yeah, but uh, Uh I don't know that Ross Robinson sound. I think I was not super into at the time this came out. And that may be one of the reasons I kind of overlooked Slipknot a little bit back then. Did you, um, have you listened to the self-titled metal? Uh, yes. That's the one that definitely sounds more like, the, the new metal quote unquote because well, that's, that's what i'm saying yeah out and no life those songs yeah. really fit into that category even more i think 
than I. Yeah, I think that's what kind of turned me off initially. Was like I I, I heard that and I was like kind of over that sound and you know, whatever. So I just kind of never went back until you know fairly recently. Makes total sense. Right T-bags. Um, well, I'll just touch on hair to Anthem because it was in my top three. I mean, there's a lot of top threes. It was very expanded. <laughs> top six, <laughs> top whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I think just all in all, the whole album, but especially Heretic Anthem, I think there's that time where you have somebody telling somebody just open up um, or you have somebody guiding the, the sessions, but you also have all that energy and the perfect timing where as a musician or a writer or whatever, you just kind of know when things are flowing. And I think Heretic Anthem, I mean, even like uh, he says, throw a suicide party and I'm guaranteed to effing snap. It's Evil Sonic. It's Pornaholic. Breakdowns, obscenities. It's all I want to be. It's like sometimes I feel like people can't catch up with the thoughts that are flowing through them. You know, like it's supposed to come out and they're just trying to keep up. And that's what it feels like to me in a good way that that's happening. So I just want to touch on that. But the other, I guess the runner up for that one was um, Left Behind. I really love that song. And... I think sometimes the vocal choices were good in a way that um, I like in, in the bands that I like where they'll switch things up. You know, they're not, I mean, Trent has tried to hit high notes on nine inch nails <laughs> albums or he's <laughs> kind of pseudo wrapped on down in it, you know, just like taking some, I don't say risks or anything like that, but uh, given, you know, the first six tracks had a certain sound to them and then seven kind of with gently kind of broke down and then coming back in with left behind. I just thought it was, really good on the vocal style of that and it all fits with the album this album is a really good album i don't feel like i can review the whole thing um properly just because i'm new to it too and i've probably had five good listens to it but it's definitely um something i'm going to keep listening to i think left behind is that song that sort of bridges the gap to the next ones where you see more of the we have the growl but then we've got really melodic chorus where Corey starts using his voice um, yeah, like he does more today, or or maybe more like he does in Stone Sour. Um, but I think that's the sound, the song that kind of does that. And then going forward, you get a lot more of that in the next albums. Yeah. All right. Back to you, My Steve. last choice was Iowa. Um, I don't know if you know, it's a reworking of a song called "Killers Are Quiet." In 1996, before Corey even joined the band. Um, they had a, well, at the time it wasn't a demo. It was an actual record called Kill, Mate, Feed, Repeat. And they only made, I think, less than a thousand copies. So I saw that on YouTube and I had yep. never heard of it. So I'm going to have to check that out. You need to check out Killers Are Quiet because the song it, musically is very similar, but it has different lyrics. And Anders Kolsefni did the lyrics on that one. And so when they reworked it for this record, the music's very much the same but Corey redid all the, the lyrics. Um, and as we all know, I mean, can you imagine in the studio, he's naked, he's just totally messed up, he's cutting himself with glass, singing this song about killing women and then recreating them in his own image. And then he vomits at the end. <laughs> can you imagine like being there present for that session? <laughs> That's a little bit insane. No, so. cool. But I love the, the sound of that. It's just so hypnotic. Um, and I think it's probably intentionally so as he rambles on about all these things. So uh, what a great album closer that song is. Yeah. yeah. It is and intense. It, yeah. Did anybody else have that high up there? I know uh, 
Paul, you did, right? Or well, I wanted to touch base on it because of, you know, how Ross did with corn at the end of albums and yeah. things like that. I just kind of felt it had that kind of extended play with just room to just express versus being, you know, a formulaic song and, and things of that sort. It was certainly free form and just abstract in, in many ways. Yeah, definitely. And I didn't come to Slipknot on the first record either in 99. I didn't come to it until 2001. I think I told you the story of the eighth grade kid who oh, introduced yes. me because we were arguing over if Neil Peart was better than Joey Jordison. And so he <laughs> made me a copy of Iowa. And um, he was a troubled kid, but it was a great way for us to be able to talk. And uh, he made me a copy of it. And that's where I started liking them. But I had no, you know, didn't listen at all in 99 when they first came out. So, but since yeah. then, it's, it's been on, so to speak. That's the thing I love about music, though. <clears throat> it's like I'm listening to it now because you you listen to it because of that. You know, I just I love that kind of passing on and suggesting between friends. Yeah, for sure. Any final comments before we put a wrap on Iowa Review? I'm just going to say thanks for making us listen to this and putting me in a new rabbit hole. I've enjoyed Corey Taylor and what he's been doing on social media. He's been jamming with a guy named Jason Christopher who plays with prong. And uh, so it's fun to kind of follow their antics. They're, they're crazy. They're goofballs together. And it's a lot of fun to watch. So you, you kind of see the, the heart of who these people are outside of this intense music. So it makes it, you know, more fascinating to listen to the music too. So you kind of feel like you get a, a bit of a relationship with them in that regard. So I'll, I'll definitely be checking out more in the future yeah i yeah, think his I, name is Corey mf taylor but go yes ahead. yes it is for a reason <laughs> yes <laughs> sorry go uh, ahead. i i i really enjoyed taking the deep dive on this as well i you know it's not i'm a casual slipknot fan at best and i gave me a new appreciation for them certainly same here excellent Okay, that puts a wrap on the album review. Album review. Now we're talking. All right, so next week, JPP, you've got the review. Dead by Wednesday's self-titled album comes out next week. We're going to give that a listen and a review. Sweet. Dead by Wednesday. Excellent. I cannot wait. Uh, the drummer's have... a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Opus is a cool as hell guy. We we got yeah. to have a quick chat with yeah. him. That's he was funny. he was great. He was awesome. <laughs> what are we doing? We got two thirty left. What are we listening to? Uh, I don't have anything. I just listened oh, to Iowa three times this week. I did tell you guys. I'm pretty sure I I blew up everybody I knew uh, about it. But I found a YouTube channel called Alter, and it is short horror films, and it is amazing. They're I need to so watch good. that. Oh yeah. my God, they're yeah. so good. Yeah, I've not found that. one that I dislike yet. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Uh, I have just been listening to. Uh, there's a 120 minute MTV playlist made on YouTube, and I kind of went down that rabbit hole. So check those out. Cool. I gave uh, Allison Chains a revisit this weekend. I was listening to Jar of Flies and listening to uh, uh, Dirt as well, and just missed Lane Staley's harmonies. It was nice to kind of revisit that. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I, again, listen to Iowa a bunch, so that's all I got. Nice. All right, folks, that wraps it up this week. Next week, we'll be back with three songs we have to listen to again and again and Dead by Wednesday. See you next week. Bye now.
Bye.